What's going on, Whisper Nation? Thanks for joining us on this Monday, August 30th for our last mock draft of the offseason before it officially begins. We are doing a 12-team best ball where the winner of this best ball tournament is actually going to have a real spot in our TFW Listeners League 2022. So let's waste no more time. Let's get to it. Right here. Big, Travi, Johnny, game time, Hicks. It is the second to last day in August. We got football in less than two weeks. How are you doing, Travi? Woo, I'm excited, man. I've had uh, three drafts already. I've got two more this week. I've got another one this weekend with you guys in our League of Record. Um, and yeah, it's just we're here. We're, we're rocking and rolling. I do want to just make a note. I put on the on the link when we dropped it, the 2021 Listener League. Obviously, as Austin said, it's the 2022 Listener League. So don't get confused by my typo. This would be entry into next year's league, as Austin said, uh, if you win the best ball tournament, this one or the TFW number one best ball tournament uh, but i'm doing great austin thanks thanks for asking brother dude our league of record drafting at our original location in flagstaff arizona we started our league of record in 2010 we can't wait to get back there for where it all began and johnny has been such an incredible part of our origin story he was actually with without johnny hicks there would be no league of record and without any league of record we would not have tfw so i am so looking forward to being there with my boys with johnny included johnny i just kind of wanted to know from you of what did like flag staff kind of mean of like this is our spot this is where it all started so much then came from all of that what is what does this this uh reunion draft mean to you uh i'm excited to get into it uh it'll be fun seeing everyone and you know getting back into that remind reminding ourselves that it's about the people and not the game itself um yeah it definitely was a part that started us on this path of of really loving this game uh and as as a result here we are so um gave us the confidence to continue to pursue uh that that love and passion for this game and and it really really is going to be exciting to get get with these guys yeah and you said it right there johnny about the people being what kept us coming back and that's true for our league of record that's true for tfw and i am so stoked to be joined here by so many awesome folks in whisper nation we got donnie tubbs going in let's go and he hits us with a smiley face that feels good mr miyagi great to have you in the show again man we've got pizza belly joining yo 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 what's up whisper nation let them know man superstar titus oh titus. oh I just get so What's up? When superstar Titus comes in. Um, still working remotely, so I'll just be listening in. Well, we're super glad to have you, Superstar Titus. It's God, I love that name too. We've got Oscar the Grouch, who just oh, came in. Dude, Whoa, big boys, you got it. Oh, the we got the super chat, and he wants to chat. know. He wants to know thoughts on Amari Cooper and Josh Jacobs. I imagine who he's he talking about Josh here. Jacobs. I'll talk with Amari Cooper. Look, I think Amari Cooper is being slept on in a big way. I think that Amari Cooper needs to be drafted right at ADP. I think he's fine there. I, I love that people are trying to draft CeeDee Lamb ahead of him. I think CeeDee Lamb you could draft there too. Um, but I love Cooper, man. We've seen what he's done with Dak Prescott and uh, with Kellen Moore calling the plays here. I'm a big fan of Cooper exactly at ADP. Oh, and how about Jacobs, Johnny? I know that you, Johnny, have had a lot of shifting opinions on him. He's been a little bit of the fantasy heel after Jacobs had those comments throwing people off from their fantasy rosters last year. But 
now it's almost like the the tide is setting in a little bit and his ADP is kind of coming um, to make a little bit more sense. How do you feel about Josh Jacobs right now of his current ADP? I think he's okay. You know, once again, he's going to be splitting time. He is a talented running back, uh, but he will get the bulk of these carries. Uh, so if you don't like, you know, RBBCs, don't go towards Vegas uh, because that's what it's going to be 100%. They're going to use three running backs there, uh, but the main two are going to be Josh Jacobs and, uh, and Drake. And I think it's going to be uh, the majority of the rushing on the ground will be from Josh Jacobs. I got him at about 55%. I got Drake at about 25%. Uh, and then uh, the third and fourth running back will about see about 10%. Uh, and and then as far as passing down work, if you're in a PPR league, uh, I'm not I'm not super high on Josh Jacobs because he's not going to get uh, yeah. that PPR work. So. Uh, just yeah. depends on what kind of league you're in and the type of risk that you want to endure on your roster. But, you know, for where he's going in drafts, like you said, uh, I do think that there is some value there if you decide to skip the very first few rounds uh, and 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 select some position roles there uh, and want to grab Josh Jacobs a little bit later. Yeah, just to hammer home Johnny's point on Josh Jacobs while we wait for one more person to join this. Oh, um, got it. Oh, we got him. All right. Yeah, there we, we go. Got. Just real quickly, Jacobs can get game scripted out now. We know that. You know, we know he could get pulled off the field if something happens where the Raiders are down in games, as opposed to before he was the guy that they went with. We know Gruden loves to run the ball, but Drake will come in when they need to pass. And this defense and that offensive line, this team could be down quite a bit this year. The one thing I'll throw in support of Josh Jacobs from just a little bit of a squirrely, unique situation he's going to, I think, benefit from over there in Las Vegas is the same premise Johnny and I spoke about regarding other Raiders positional players in uh, Edwards and Henry Ruggs. And we talked about Henry Ruggs potentially getting a slight bump because some of the internal conversation coming out of the Raiders situation saying, Gruden's going to want to show the world that Ruggs who was selected ahead of Jerry Judy and ahead of CeeDee Lamb was not an awful draft choice. So he might force feed him just a little bit to try and show the world that it wasn't a bad take. And if that is true, you could see potentially a similar type of outlook for Josh Jacobs, who was the first running back taken off the board uh, a few years ago. So Gruden wants to be right. And the only way he can be right is if Josh Jacobs performs well and he needs opportunity to do that. I think that's some of the reason why you've seen Josh Jacobs get so much work, but he's not a bad running back anyways. He's just not as good as how much opportunity he's gonna has gotten, it looks like. But I think he might still continue to get that opportunity just because it's Gruden's boy. It's, it, it's, it's a factor that could play out. I don't, um, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I'm, I don't know about it being Gruden's boy, but uh, I mean, it could be, I guess. But he, I'm, was, he, I, he took him. He took him as the first running back off the board um, three years ago. Uh, that that feels like a recipe for your boy. And then you just uh, force feed him, him all this looks and all this stuff. So, and then they just went out and paid to do like one of the most money for a running back position to bring him in. I don't. I just it, saying, like, dude, you got like your boy. And I know you got Josh. Jacobs no, on, you got him on the thing. I'm just saying, I'm, John Gruden dude, loves Josh Jacobs. And his sub four yards per carry, despite the volume he continued to get, I think suggests uh, that Gruden's got a soft spot for Josh Jacobs. I mean, it, all the money, all the money. It's a two-year, fourteen million dollar deal. Um, trying to a lot of out. money for a running back. A lot of money for a running back if you're really, really amped on your high draft one. capital for a running back as well. 
I, yeah. So was was so was Rashad Penny, and then they just gave uh, Chris Carson a smaller actual contract than what they just paid Kenyon Drake, and and Penny's yeah, not Penny going to be. And Josh the Jacobs yet. have had totally different types of situations uh, that they're coming into. One of them's gotten a hundred sure. touches every single year. The other guy, sure, hasn't, uh, had a hundred minutes on the field. So I and I get that, but you also did just have the running back get paid. So I'm just saying. It's not going to be just guys up, thighs up for, for Josh Jacobs. No, I'm not, not suggesting that. that. I'm not Oscar suggesting, saying, I'm not suggesting Oscar the Grouch is coming in saying thank you, guys. Just want to say thank you to Oscar the Grouch for the super chat. Happy to answer that question for you. John, yeah, appreciate are that. we able to set the um, – Set this order. Let's yeah, go. Set the draft order. 30 seconds. Uh, let's see. Randomize this bad so boy. Johnny, tell, us, tell the listeners here of what the league rules are that we're about to get the draft started for. So we have two quarterbacks. We got. I am going to um, no superflex. And no superflex. It's just. It's just. You have to have two quarterbacks. So two quarterbacks, two running backs, three wide receivers, only one flex, one tight end, no defense, no kicker, and uh, we'll do. We'll add one more bench spot. We'll do seven bench spots. I'm just going to change that right now, because uh, that is a, a very slow. Um, minimal about a uh, bench spot than normal normally it goes like 20 but we're not going to go that that deep for this best ball um so that's what's going it's also ppr so uh take note of that full as point? well full point yes full point ppr okay yep. so in, so that we have a minimum amount of roster spots you got to get you got to get two quarterbacks what three running backs three wide receivers um two running backs two running backs three wide receivers you're starting both quarterbacks yes can you explain to me <laughs> well, what the difference is between Superflex and having to start two quarterbacks? You could actually put somebody else in your Superflex. Is that the whole deal? Yeah, that's the difference. Okay. Is in okay. a Superflex, it's actually you. It, I mean, you have the options, right? And this one, it's there's no option. It's you definitely have to start two quarterbacks. And it just takes the better of the two. Yep. Yep. Well, no, it's okay. it's no, no. It, yeah, it's starting both. Better it's, of your. If you have three or four, oh, it's okay, going to so take it's not the two best. Thank you for yeah. clarifying. So it's not yeah, a yeah. super flex. It's two quarterbacks. Yes. MF Cowboy says, I need to turn on my Discord notifications. I would have been in this. Uh, that's a good point. And I just want to drop that Discord link in here for everybody. I'm going to do that now. Our free yeah, Discord. Yeah, MF Cowboy, thanks for triggering that. And Whisper mm-hmm. Nation, if you're listening along and you haven't followed the Discord link, I think you would enjoy doing so. We get a lot of great information coming through the Discord link and a lot of early access to things such as our best ball draft that's going on right now. You can also have extra early access by signing up on our Patreon, searching the Fantasy Whispers at patreon.com and subscribing at the $5 level. You'll also catch a lot of the great content uh, just by liking and subscribing to our main channel on YouTube. Let's go. But give it a like and a follow there on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram as well, as we've got information and content coming out there. But YouTube is our main channel. Like and subscribe there. And if you're enjoying what you've started hearing there, give us that thumbs up for this specific program. Help it get out into the world, get more questions coming in, and have a good old fantasy football conversation, what we love doing most on Mondays and really every single day of the week. Austin, Johnny, this is our last mock draft Monday for the last one of the regular season. For the offseason, yeah. So we will be – you guys ready to get ready to get going? Yeah, and then we can also it. talk about yeah. what we will be doing on Mondays now going into the regular season. We could start that. Ooh, Austin, Austin, got, the Austin got the number oh. one pick. He will be up first. All He's right, on the clock. One. Johnny, yeah. well, Austin's on the clock. Maybe just kind of go through uh, what our plan is for, you know, regular season Mondays now. 
Yeah, so Monday, stick around with us. We won't be doing mock drafts uh, on Mondays any longer, but we will still be going live, but we are changing our time. We're going to be going live right before the Monday night game, and it'll be fun. We hope that Whisper Nation will join us. We'll be uh, watching the game, talking with Whisper Nation about it, uh, just having a, a good time talking about what our fantasy football teams need uh, for the game. Just it's just going to be an awesome show. We'll be talking about, you know, trash talking about what happened on Sundays. Uh, it, it's basically a, a get together is what we can call it, I guess. So is that, is that what a, a good description of it? Get together. We will be certainly getting together and having that conversation. So all of your questions can continue to get answered. Uh, but to Donnie Tubbs's point, no, we won't have a mock draft next week. We will be having them again as soon as the off season ends. We love these things so much. But as the season kicks in, it is time oh, for some different conversations. I was trying to sign into my thing. Awesome. That's okay. I'll take that's that. A, that's an okay spot to be auto picking though, Johnny, at the beginning. I'm of like the trying to it's sign like, into this and it's like not, it was like being taking forever. This uh, is, and I love anytime the inevitable technical difficulty arises because it gives me an opportunity to remind all y'all to get your protocols in place before the draft actually happens. You can have a bunch of dedicated members who are familiar with how the whole platform works and everybody's on their game, but then the Wi-Fi goes out or then sleeper just freezes. Like it has happened to me multiple times. So get in place what happens if something like that technically does go down. In our league of record, we are often drafting with a zoom chat or a facebook live or a discord conversation going simultaneously so if someone has a tech glitch they can just type in like tech glitch i want to take patrick mahomes at this spot or dalvin cook or whatever it is and so it doesn't need to be on the digital platform if they have communicated what their intention is just get that out ahead of time work it with your league to make sure that everybody's on the same page because tech glitches do happen ah uh, i'm so screwed i shouldn't have done that Shouldn't uh, what would you have gone instead? What would your strategy have been if it had not a pick for you? I should have taken Josh Allen. Josh Allen was the guy that I should have went with and wanted. Do you want so you're looking at building up that quarterback uh position in a two quarterback league ahead of one of these elite running backs? Is that right? Yeah, because you have to start two quarterbacks. Um, it gives you, you know, especially when you're picking that high, it's going to give you such a, a bigger advantage than. You know, in a super flex, you have a little bit more options, right? Teams are more likely to try and go after a a positional player in those first couple of rounds because there's, you know, like kind of that leniency. Generally, in two quarterback leagues, you'll see play, people attack it a little bit more uh, sooner because they have to have that that position in. And so uh, for me, you know, Dalvin's going to be, a, a solid, obviously one of the best running backs and it's going to be, it's going to be fine. But what you could have had with a Josh Allen now in the second, I could be looking at, you know, pairing him with probably like an Aaron Jones or something like that. Mm -hmm. And now when, now I'm looking at a Dalvin cook and maybe if I'm lucky, you know, I'm going to get, um, you know, this third tier of quarterback here uh, before it falls off. So um, yeah, definitely not, not what I wanted to do. We'll see how that ends up working out for you. And it could balance in all different kinds of directions. But Travi, you went ahead and just passed on the quarterback in rounds one and two, went with two elites at other positions and Alvin Kamara at the running back and Devontae Adams, wide receiver for Green Bay in the second. Yeah, 
I was looking at it and I did get scared after Johnny was saying what he was saying, but um, given that Russ was the last one left, I know, I think he is a, a fine pick in the first round of this two quarterback setup or even a super flex. I think Russ is a guy that, you know, could easily be QB one overall. We wouldn't be shocked. So I think that's a fine pick, but PPR, I wanted to zig when a lot of people in the first round were zagging. I took uh, Alvin Kamara, who I think is just going to absolutely eat this year. And then Devonte Adams, who of course, if Rogers is healthy, that's the number one target. So we'll see what happens. What's left of QB. We've seen some situations where we're able to make up QB in these super flex or in two QB leagues uh, as, as this, we've been able to make that up. So I wanted to kind of get dominant players uh, before I actually go in for QB. I like that point. Josh, who won our TFW listeners league last year, debated Josh Allen over CMC, who was taken in the number two spot. And he waited on it. And, and I don't know if he's stoked with his quarterback situation. He was left, but you can wait a little bit. It's just like, don't, wait too much because eventually there literally will be no starting quarterbacks when there's multiple starting quarterbacks being taken yeah i'm so mad right now because i could have had josh allen and nick chubb and that would have been my golden start off as a draft and now i'm just behind (laughs) i was so bummed to see aaron jones and nick chubb taking the two picks right before me i was like give me one of those guys but i'm happy with i'm happy with who i'm looking at Bob and weave, Bob and weave. Just want to thank everybody in the chat right now. If you guys are watching over with us on YouTube, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe, help us grow the channel. Uh, We're trying to get as close as we can to 2000 followers and subscribers over on YouTube. By the time this regular season starts, we've got a couple more weeks to do it. So please help us get there. And I'm so excited for the regular season, Austin, Johnny, like we've got some great shows in the pipes that we're going to be, we're doing for whisper nation and and delivering again, it's going to be amazing uh, to get all this content out for you guys. Basically every day, we know that how that flow works for fantasy football. You've got your Monday, you know, reacting Monday night football, all that stuff. You've got your Tuesday getting ready for waivers. We're going to help you with that. You've got Wednesday looking forward to the next week, setting those lineups Thursday, Friday, Saturday, getting geared up for the games. And then Sunday, we've got our lineup show reaction to that. All the good stuff right here on the fantasy whispers. So please help us out by hitting that subscribe button. Uh, Appreciate every one of you. Absolutely. On this one. So close to 1800 right now. We're like four away from 1800. We are so close, and we're going to get there alongside because of you, Whisper Nation, who is showing up in the chat right now. They're talking about Ryan Tannehill. Johnny, I've seen Ryan Tannehill slipping a little bit. I've seen his position kind of move around a little bit. Josh um, was talking. People, people were, Charlie asked, do you think uh, Tannehill is a top-five quarterback, and do you think he'll be back from COVID by week one? Josh, our listener league chant from last year, does. He thinks he's a top eight, and yes. Uh, Mr. Miyagi saying he got it for two bucks in an auction league. He was shocked by it. How do you feel right now about Ryan Tannehill? I think Ryan Tannehill is one of the the bigger quarterback values right now. And even if you look at Vegas, Vegas agrees with that. He's one of the the higher low key MVP um, kind of higher favorites. Low higher low key, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he's a, yeah, he's like the dark horse to be that kind of breakout candidate for MVP potential. We will also the other big part of this whole thing that needs to be kind of mentioned. 
There is an upside of top five quarterback for Ryan Tannehill, absolutely, because of the sneaky rushing upside he has or that, you know, quote-unquote Konami code. But the big part of that is what is the health of Julio Jones? I don't think he can do it alone without with just A.J. Brown. And, you know, if they get – if they're having to plug in Josh Reynolds or something like that because Julio can't stay healthy, I don't know if that potential can can be met. But definitely getting him for $2 in your auction league is is very awesome. I wish I could have done the same. He did not go for only two. He went for like – he went for more than Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. That's how much like people Sheesh. just – they already know, bro. They already know. Sucks. I like Tannehill, but I don't I, – I just can't see him as that next-level playmaking type. I see him as a, as a good – as I see him as a Matt Stafford, like who's, who's great, but – I just don't see him breaking. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. And I think Johnny's right. He's going to need Julio and some of these other pieces, but we'll see. It's Scott. I always remind myself that he played with Adam Gase for so long, and we never actually got to see who Ryan Tannehill was. And when we've seen him recently, I mean, it's no surprise that he had his best season of his career last year with 33 touchdown passes, seven interceptions. And I mean, with the rushing yards combined over 4,000 yards. So, yeah, yeah. And he was a he was a converted wide receiver, so that's why he's taken a little bit longer too, mm. as well to kind of break out as a quarterback. Uh, he's he was like a huge athlete coming into the NFL, um, and and obviously he's starting to get really get it in Tennessee. They have a good system that really fits him. Yeah. Uh, but but again, he's gonna need that second wide receiver to be Julio and to be to be good and not be injured and in and out of the lineup the whole the whole season. Especially considering they got they got rid of Johnny Smith, who I know was hurt a lot, but did provide another playmaker. They did get rid of Corey Davis, who was whatever, but it was a option for them. That's gone. So they, they do have, have the Ferk Daddy. Needs Johnny Smith. Needs uh, excuse me, um, Julio Jones. Just they have the Ferk Daddy. Austin, just to appease your playmaking questions on Tannehill, most passing touchdowns of fifty plus yards in the last two seasons. Aaron Rodgers six, Kirk Cousins six. Ryan Tannehill six. So he's up there and guys that can throw the ball deep and get it done. And he's got two playmakers at wide receiver. Now this is an offense that has consistently been run heavy. Um, I think it could swing the other way this year for sure. Not saying they'd be, they have Derrick Henry. They're not going to not be run heavy, but I'm just saying they won't be one of the most run heavy teams uh, of the generation this next year. We'll see. We'll see. I, I I love what AJ Brown could do. I think he's super, super talented. I know he's going to help get some 50 plus yard touchdowns for Ryan Tannehill too. No doubt. Oh. All right. I'm on the clock here. I got to focus. <laughs> Travis. Yes, sir. You, you get nervous. A little bit. I, <laughs> I so I passed on Stafford, thinking I could grab him maybe on the uh, the way around. Obviously, that was not the case. I I should have been more uh, easy, Daddy, kind of following the same flow I was going with. I should have known he would take one there. Um, but uh, I'll I'll see what happens. I, I think there's some there's some upside guys that we've talked about here. There's obviously they obviously come with more risk, but I'm really excited about the team, especially in PPR that I'm putting together outside of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think this is a situation where I'm going for upside, man. So I'm going to be able to get a bunch of guys or a few guys at quarterback 
that are just going to have pure upside. And this is a best ball league. So that's kind of what you do. You know, you just swing for that best possible lineup. I'm going to actually have a chance that, you know, you don't actually take as much of a bath on getting a guy who's an up and down QB in best ball, because if you pair a bunch of them together, the computer's going to get you the best option. So if mm-hmm. I get a guy late, like a Daniel Jones, I'm going to get four of the, you know, best games out of Daniel Jones are probably going to go in my lineup because of best ball. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I agree. I agree there. And just for anybody who's tuning in, who isn't super familiar with best right. ball, the dr- your best option is what fills in for that week. So you're going to have guys on your bench. If they're performing better than anybody else, they're automatically placed in your starting roster. You don't make any adjustments throughout the year. We draft these teams. We set it and forget it. We don't even set it. We just draft it and forget it. And then it will automatically set every week based on how well the guys on your roster perform that week. So you're really just swinging for upside and upside alone. There is no floor play on this because the best guy on your team is going to fill the roster spot. Mm-hmm. And it's two quarterbacks, and they're going to be going quick. Speaking of quarterbacks, um, Johnny, Mr. Miyagi comes in talking about Trey Lance, who plans on picking him up to back up Tannehill, waiting uh, to put Swift on my IR spot if he doesn't play week one. Travis and then, or Johnny and then Travis, what are you guys thinking about Trey Lance? He was such a hot item coming out, big arm, got some great leg going into a system we think looks really good. Then we've heard a little bit of concern based on the performances in preseason, but then it's it's Jimmy G. So really, what are we looking at right now? One day, two days left in August, Johnny. Oh, I'm there are some rumors going around that they could go flip flopping on it. They could go, you know, one week, Trey Lance, one week, Jimmy G. I hope Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. That would be a nightmare. Um, I do think that this this team has a higher upside with Lance and uh, he's looked pretty good in the preseason jimmy g they're backing him they continue to seem to back him so it's another one of those the coaches are saying one thing and you know us fans are wanting something else so it'll be it will be interesting to see when that happens the one downside to the whole if jimmy g does start it's like they don't have a tremendously difficult schedule to start off with and so it might be a little bit different. I mean, now, if obviously starts and they're losing, it's going to be that's an easy solution. Switch them out. Um, but if he starts and they end up winning because they have an easier schedule, then that could get a little troublesome. So I do think sooner rather than later, though, with Lance, I think sooner rather than later with Fields as well. But I do believe this is my ultimate gut feeling. I do believe that Fields starts and plays before Trey Lance does this mm. year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I think that that's the point here that we're looking at Trey Lance's schedule. They have their bye week. The Niners have their bye week in week six, right? So you could definitely see a situation where they evaluate after week six and say, you know, like Baltimore did in the past with Lamar Jackson and other teams have done with their quarterback. Hey, is it time to turn the offense over to the young guy? I think they have the ability to look at that and go there. So if you're looking at Trey Lance, especially in best ball, my favorite pairing for him is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins starts the year with six great games uh, against defenses you want to target Cincinnati Arizona Seattle Cleveland Detroit Carolina are his first six games so pair Kirk Cousins with a Trey Lance um, and so I think that's a situation where you'd you'd really like to uh, you know be part of that Uh, you know you basically you could pair that up and then get another quarterback and and you're going to get the best out of both worlds there 
good breakdown here. I want to get another good breakdown here for Rockout, who just threw two bucks our way. Ooh. Appreciate oh, that, man. There we go. We'll help ourselves Appreciate out Appreciate you, Rockout. He asks us, my team is quarterback Josh Allen, running backs Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and Michael Carter. Wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson, uh, Jerry Judy, I'm Antonio Brown, uh, Callaway, and Corey Davis. He's trying to trade DeAndre Swift for a better RB2 wide receiver, too. Johnny, I know Swift is your boy, but I'd also know you're a logical thinker. What do you think about this dynamic here? Do you think that's a smart move for Rockout? I think that's what he's looking to get on this one. I'm going to make my pick. I mean, of all the, I mean, Swift is your second, your second best running back. Like, I think you, you could potentially get more in a deal for Javante Williams simply because there's more hype around that mystery box of what Javante Will, Williams could be. And so me personally, I would probably try to go out and trade uh, Javante over a guy like uh, Swift, especially in a PPR league, he's going to be an absolute monster. He's going to get around 100 targets this year uh, in that offense. So I I still really like DeAndre yeah. Swift. I think people are sleeping on him a little too much. I just um, I just want to make a point and rock out, like do what you want with your team. I understand trading so much fun in fantasy football, but we haven't seen any of these guys play a snap of regular season football yet. Yeah. So I don't know why I'd be coming in when you have all this depth at running back right now, CMC, Swift, Javante Williams, even Michael Carter. Those are you the have dynasty the, league. Yeah. Like a year, this is an op, this is an option for you to actually cash out on one of those and then look to trade afterwards. I love your wide mm-hmm. receivers. You know, you're talking about wanting to get a better wide receiver too. You've got some stacked wide receivers, man. I don't know that you need to get a better wide receiver too right now. And if like you want to trade you- Swift, you want to trade Swift out. Sorry, Austin. You want to trade Swift out? Go for it. I, I get that. But the upside is still there. It's all right there right now. We haven't even seen him play yet with this new offense, with this new scheme. So I'd just be kind of hesitant to trade anything until I saw some arrows going in either direction for these players. I think that's a great breakdown there, too. And with Swift, the only concern that I'm looking at is injury. And it right. does have the start with the concussions, with some of the other stuff. It does have the makings of one of these short-lived careers. Like it could be, I know Johnny's face and it's there, but like you don't want to see a guy starting off with such intense injuries to have such a cap put on his opportunity this early on. Um, It's a little bit concerning. Now, if you can sell him without any of that concern and you can get primo value where someone's just not even valuing or considering that injury risk we saw last year and you can get what his value is with that not even being a part of the mix, I'd say go for it because then you don't have to encounter any of that possible uh, uh, sludge, honestly. Mm. But because then you're 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 just it's an equal shift. But if you can't, ah. if you don't think he's actually going to get hurt, and you don't think you think he's going to come in and be one of the best running backs of that class, which he totally has the possibility of doing. He's got the role, he's got the opportunity, he's got the talent, and you don't think it's going to happen, then just then just forget about it. But if you can trade that risk away to somebody, I'd say that's that's not a bad move if you can get somebody equivalent who doesn't have that type of injury concern or plays for Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that there it there's is, no in, there's no injury concern when it comes to DeAndre Swift. Like he, he had a yeah, concussion. There no, there there is injury concern. He has a groin issue right now that's keeping him out of practice. Yeah, but he's all hold on all beat all beat reporter all beat reporters have have seen him in practice since this since this whole injury to the groin came up and have said that he looks great he look there's no doubt in their minds why they don't see him suiting up for week one 
And we talk about concussion. So many players get concussed. Like you're one of the biggest advocates for, for Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks is literally one cushion away from being out of the NFL because he's had a million of them. But that hasn't – like it doesn't – when you're talking about – he's had one concussion. That's not that's not like a series. It's not a series of concussions. It was blown out of proportion because AP made the comments that he did, but it was stated after that, hey, he was like he was just trying to look out. It was it wasn't as bad as what uh, the the article made it out to be. Is I what hope you're right. Afterwards, I hope he came back out and right. balled out. Like there's I no. I hope you're right. I love watching DeAndre Swift play. I hope it was overblown. Some people have more intense reactions to concussions, and when you're a running back compared to a wide receiver, you can't go a game without avoiding head contact. Like you can be a wide receiver, catch the ball, step out of bounds. You can't run the ball through the tackles and step out of bounds. Like your head is going to get smashed. And if he is susceptible to concussions and he has drastic impacts from them, like, yeah, you're right. I am the biggest advocate for concussions on these things. And I'm a little bit concerned. So I'm not, he's I hope I'm wrong. One, I hope you're right. one concussion. And it was, a, it kept him out for a while. No, it didn't. It was one, it was, it was one and a half games. He and it was because the reason right. it was so long was because he they didn't diagnose it right away. It was he didn't like it was two days later after they got back and then he started having these symptoms and then he was like, oh, we need to pull him to the side. They had a game on Thursday, so he missed the game on Thursday and he was out a week. So then he missed that second game. He missed a week and a half of practice and came back and then he ended up bowling out the rest of the week, uh, rest of the year. Didn't have a another concussion that whole time. So I just like that doesn't to me, that doesn't make sense to say that he's concussion prone because he had one concussion in his rookie year. Like so many people have that. I love watching him play. The opportunity is fantastic. It should be fireworks. I hope you're right, man. I would love to see DeAndre Swift just ball out all season. You know what I love seeing is everybody getting involved in this super chat. Charlie, appreciate you guys. Pete, my question's in the chat, Charlie, so we'll start it off with this one here, and I'll actually pitch it over to you, Austin. How do you feel about Fournette this year with Rojo and now Bernard back in the lineup here? Um, we've had Tampa recent Bay. beat reports about Ronald Jones. Sorry, Austin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, no, no. I, Ronald Jones would be the running back I would take number one. Then it would be Leonard Fournette, and then it would be Giovanni Bernard, but I really don't want any three of them if I'm paying any type of legitimate price for any of these guys. It is just too difficult to predict. Tom Brady loves dinking and dunking and throwing off to his James White role. Giovanni Bernard is filling in for that role. He was heavily frustrated by the lack of pass-catching ability from his two running backs, who are pretty good, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. It's just going to be divided up a lot. There's a ton of playmakers on that team. I love what Leonard Fournette could do, but Ronald Jones showed us that he was no slouch. He's a good runner um, as well. I'm giving the slight edge to Ronald Jones, but I think Leonard Fournette has the most raw talent. He just needs to be activated. He needs to also be healthy. Um, he runs violently and viciously. Um, I love what Leonard Fournette could do if he's all the way in, but Ronald Jones is looks like he's becoming who he's been slotted to, and I need to make my pick. All right, and with that, Johnny, I'll actually piss, pitch this other one over to you. Thoughts on George Kittle and Logan Thomas? Charlie's second question here on these tight ends. Obviously, we're getting that discount on Kittle, and then Logan Thomas has been one of the most consistent tight ends as being on the field, which we love availability. Yeah, best ability is availability, as they say. Uh, I do. I think he's going to be okay. I do think that people are getting a little too excited for him. Um, we talked about on Friday's show how he has been in the preseason. He's been getting about 14% of the target market share so far in the preseason. I had him even before that. I already had him as um, 
I had him slated for 15% market share on that offense. So it's actually been back down from what I projected. And I still don't have Logan Thomas as, you know, uh, a super high rated tight end. I just think that the touchdowns and, and the majority of the bulk of the plays are going to go to the wide receivers. We have to remember that Alex Smith is the check down king and that's, and he's, he's so prone to use his tight ends. So prone to use his running backs. And that and is Dwayne not Haskins like, who was over there who just exactly. fell in love with Logan Thomas too. Right. Exactly. So I just think it was a, uh, perfect kind of, uh, perfect kind of storm last year and now as a result luckily his adp hasn't gone out of control to where you know you're having to pay up for that as of right now but i do think that he's not going to be what we saw last year garrett and i want to add here exactly, again logan no. thomas, i haven't been looking at logan thomas at all when i've seen how much ryan fitzpatrick has thrown to him above his normal use of tight ends i'm considering t- logan thomas as like a deep tight end or a dart throw and I have Logan Thomas in our dynasty leagues. Like I'm a Logan Thomas lover. I got to benefit from him to help take me to a championship last year. I, there's a lot of tight ends I'm taking ahead of Logan Thomas. We've got Garrett Crumreen in the chat as well. He says, Pete, my question in the chat. Thanks for all these super chat Ooh, donations. Oh, guys. Man. We really appreciate, really appreciate it. it. Uh, I'm in a keeper league with Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylors as my keepers. Would it be a better move to go for a wide receiver one or Darren Waller for my draft this weekend? I'm going Darren Waller. Yeah, well, and I think the value you can get Waller at as opposed to trying to take one of those top wide receivers there too because wide receiver is so deep, you'd be able to attack the wide receiver position later on and try to make up for that. So that's actually why I'm with you, Johnny. I, I would take Waller here because the 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 levity and the, and the, the scarcity at the position, mm-hmm. if you lock in one of those big guys and you've got your running back set, like you're attacking your draft in a major way. Mm-hmm. Is this talking in the in the round one position? I mean, it would yeah, be, it, it's available, right? Like, would you would you take would you take Darren Waller over Devontae Adams? Yes. Uh, I mean, if, I don't know. if I have those two depends running on, backs, yeah, it depends on what I have there. Yeah, exactly. I think if I'm starting my league with those two running backs, then yeah, I would actually probably go with Johnny's point here. And the the point is, is you get the tight end locked up, and then you can go later on in wide receiver. But if those two are being kept, it's likely that. Adams is being kept, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not going to get quality wide receivers in this keeper most likely. Mm-hmm. So um, if Garrett wants to chime in with the, the rest of his roster build or, or what other keepers are available, like what are the top wide receivers available? That would be kind of nice to make a better judgment. But yeah, I think that's a great point too on Darren Waller because he is such a unique position. Oh, he is in that Jimmy Graham role of years past where he is the number one option for his quarterback and he is a legitimate talent. Like Jimmy Graham was a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Darren Waller is the same type of thing. And he is Derek Carr's favorite option. Like he's going he's gonna to be like a back-end wide receiver one anyways, but at the tight end spot. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge positional advantage. Like there's nobody else who's going to even so, come close in there. So I, Mr. Kelsey's and potentially your Kittles and maybe Hawkinson. Maybe if Pitts does something unseen, but you know. I I did I looked up uh, the on the points per game average and overall points uh, where a position would score. So Waller came in as wide receiver 15 and running back 15. If you equated the points over. So having that in your tight end spot is massive. It is a huge advantage. And so that's why I think it is important to like 
yes, it's always nice to get the breakout tight end. And we have those guys that we do think have that potential, but it's really hard to hit on those guys. And, and like you said, if you do, you know, you hit on the Logan Thomas last year, it's a great ride. It's very fun. You, you solve that problem, but when you're looking at a position of all positions, one of the most consistent in the NFL has actually uh, been the tight ends for fantasy football. And here's the thing about it too, right? You can find a streamable wide receiver. You might not find a wide receiver one, but you can find them. who are going to have great weeks. The only chance you really got for a great tight end week is multiple touchdowns. If you're picking up a waiver wire, dude, like you're not going to find a guy who has 90 plus snap percentage. You're not going to find a guy who's heavily involved in the passing game in between the twenties. Like it's just not going to happen, but you're going to be able to have that opportunity on the wide receiver waiver wire market. Last point on the Waller versus Adams situation that, you know, Austin was kind of bringing up and yeah, I get, I get the concern there, but if we talk about Waller versus the elites at the position, only a handful of targets behind Kelsey last year at the tight end position and tied Devontae Adams for red zone targets last year with 27. So this is a guy that can reach the target total of the elite tight ends and reach the touchdown total of the elites in the league at the receiving position, whether it be wide receiver or tight end. So that's, you know, Waller, just a premium guy that you want to get um if you if you have the shot yeah garrett saying to add to my question above uh all the best a lot of the best wide receiver ones are taken ridley aj brown and justin jefferson are still available yeah and i think i'm taking waller ahead of all those guys yeah with you yeah it's consensus garrett take care get in garrett it rarely happens garrett (laughs) oh shit excuse me all right noah fan was taken pay attention i thought we had a never mind that's that's my bad I'll take no. Ah, uh, Corey upside. Davis right before me. I love the Corey Davis come up right now. I wanted I him. That dude, the ADP needs to go up. He went for All the way. He up. went for fourteen last night in my auction league. Where am I at? Where am I at? I'm gonna reach a little bit for this. Reach no, I'm not. Your... No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. How much time I got? No time. Oh, uh, well, uh, we'll see what. No. <laughs> Not on the go. Yeah, your favorite tight end, dude. <laughs> All ones to auto pick. Oh, dude, that was like I had an accidental auto pick. I had uh, a draft this last weekend. I was also working tending bar at the same time, and uh, we had a rush come in, and I just missed like drafting Marquise Brown, who I, I don't mind Marquise Brown, but he's got the injury concern right now, and it was just like, man, I had big plans, and it just wrecks you. It's just like it's emotionally not something that you easily make up for. You know, I want to bring uh, in here a little talk of draft psychology. I got to find the author of this. She wrote such a great article from Yahoo last year about – how she prepares to get sniped. And the basic crux of the whole thing was if you got three spots before you and you got a guy you really like, pick out three guys you really like and just plan to get sniped. Expect it to come your way and have your backup plan already in line. And then if you don't get sniped, great. You get the guy that you really wanted. But if you do, you were already planning and building for that reality to happen. Because to Travis's point, it sucks. It's not just you lose the guy you wanted. You lose all of the brain juice that where you were putting into making that selection. And then you feel so deflated and you're like, I'll just take the next guy. And you end up making a bad choice because you like have no endorphins in your system because you got the rug pulled out from under you. So just, just expect the rug to get pulled out. Keep your endorphins. Keep your focus. Make a plan and hit the next guy. There's a good guy available, I promise. I love that setting expectations. It's almost like, you know, you do in, in regular life, you know, in real life, you know, you're like, hey, 
I'm not expecting the worst, but I am trying to, you know, brace myself for maybe a, a bad situation for Murphy's Law, so to speak. And I think that's yeah, if it can thing. happen, it will happen. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. take Logan embrace Tom, the worst even though, by even though and, we uh we were trashing on him. I'm taking him here because I realized we're in round twelve and I don't have a tight end yet. So. Okay. He can have some good weeks for you, right? In a best ball format, I don't. If I can get one more guy that kind of can counterbalance uh, some upside play too, that's uh, going on down here, then we'll we'll be sitting pretty. We'll be like some other guys here. Getting to some of these questions that we got going in the chat here. Um, thoughts on AJ Green? Charlie asks. I I love AJ uh, AJ Green this year. I think it's all pure upside. You get him so late, um, he could be one of your last picks in the draft, um, and he's a touchdown. He's like got pure upside. Uh, for touchdown like would we be surprised at all if he caught eight touchdowns this year I don't think so um, and I think AJ Green is just a guy that you know all the reports uh, Johnny can talk to this all the reports coming out of Phoenix or that he's on a really good pa- page with um, not only De- not only DeAndre Hopkins as a friend and as a colleague but also with Kyler Murray and like their chemistry out there so I'm excited about AJ Green who we've seen how a change of scenery has affected, yes, negatively wide receivers in the past, but when they're really good caliber wide receivers, a Randy Moss, a Stephon Diggs, a DeAndre Hopkins, to name a few, those impacts actually are big, and, and especially for fantasy. So I think that A.J. Green has a chance to really shock and, and outproduce uh, ADP this year. I don't want to take my auto pick. Don't auto pick. Oh, oh. Uh, my heart is literally beating so fast. Sorry to switch the subject dude, there, but I just Dave, looked up my giving you some time, dude. What an ally there. Wow, that was yeah, nice. Be Ooh. Yeah, that's one of the, the terrible things about it. Um, my heart is literally going so fast. Yeah, the only concern, <laughs> the only big concern with AJ Green is obviously the injury stuff. Like he has a history of injuries. Sure. But the nice thing is once again, and we had a lot of, uh, I appreciate a lot of commenters on, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, uh, who commented on, cause I made the comment about Julio Jones. And then I brought up the fact that if you want as a, a you know, a somewhat similar ceiling and a, you also want, uh, or you have that, you know, injury risk, it would be go for AJ Green over Julio Jones in drafts. And a lot of people didn't like that comment. But my argument is just that they're both injury kind of prone players or they're starting to prove that way. And we do know that they they both have shown sparks over the last couple of, you know, much more Julio than AJ Green. But like Travis said, he is now in a, a position where he's going to be the number two and not the number one. And he's looking healthy so far through camp. And that rapport should be there. So uh, I do think that there's a, uh... okay. I'm making sure my guy wasn't taken. Good. Oh, big out shout out to Josh. I didn't see it in the comments, dude, but thanks for looking out, bro. Austin, I'm not going to pick take off auto. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He had your back. He was your ally there. Yeah. Dude, it typically, guy. typically doesn't happen in fantasy football, but he had your back. I feel like the, the Jeff, who is it? it? We all, we all think it's Zach Galifianakis, but it's not. It's the guy from like the seventies where he's in like the, Oh, middle evil yeah. thing, and it's different. Just like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking. Oh, about? that yeah. isn't Zach Galifianakis. No, it's no. like uh, I think it might be Grizzly Adams. No, is it? Are you kidding? You're blowing my mind no, right now. A, I 100 percent. Uh, generation. I sent that gift yesterday in our le- in our league of record. Yes, Tucker had posted. Tucker posted. I sent that exact gift. I totally swear I thought it was I, Zach I Galifianakis. It's not. I know. I've been there. Late birthday gift from Josh. Yeah. Thank- Thanks for knowing, man. Freaking, this, 
You guys are the best. Yeah. You guys are so good. It was a great birthday. Sweet that. Did you have a good weekend? Oh, Sony Michelle right there in the 13th. Was oh, I was looking I at a good Tony. birthday, but I have a better time talking about Sony Michelle right now. Dude, I think Sony Michelle could be a freaking sleeper piece right now. Like, I'm not surprised if he gets the majority of the work in a really good team and he does what he finished the year off with last year, and that was efficient running, getting a lot of yards, catching passes. Yeah, I I think him and Henderson are both still draftable, very very much so. They're Michelle is definitely one of the ones that you like to target as an ambiguous backfield running back going super late. Um, you know how v- McVeigh loves these players that he's played against before. He just like they had the one game in the Super Bowl that he was really good. Let me see who I'm going with here. I just my my big thing is well, we had Shefty come out and say that he believes Sony is going to be the lead rusher there, which caused me to, you know, put some pause on me still going with Henderson. But then as I think about it more and more, the thing I struggle with the most for Henderson and whether or not I truly believe he'll be the lead guy, I think they will end up going with Sony up until if, if, and when he gets hurt, um, because Sony is a much better running back all around. And I think that that's what Sean McVay wants on his field. The most of the time, like he wants a running back. That's not going to tip his cap as to whether they're running or passing and Henderson cannot, pass catch and so that's what makes me really kind of nervous for henderson's value and i'm actually starting to lean towards more of the sony i know it sounds disgusting but she's going relatively free right now in drafts and to me if i'm taking the dart throw now i because that backfield has now become a dart throw backfield because we aren't certain i am going to go with the sony uh because i i do think i'm going to go with the sony like i'm going to go with the sony playstation uh Santa, please, please. No, uh, I, I just think that uh, it might spell a little difficulty to get Henderson on the field. And the other the other major thing, too, not only those two things, but pass blocking. That was the big thing that held Henderson back, back last year. He couldn't stay on the field because he was not a good pass blocker. Guess who's a good pass blocker? Sony. Sony. So. Yeah. The pass blocking point is huge. I think that's a great point, uh, Johnny. I will just say that both of them caught around 63 balls in college. So it's not like the one is greater than the other at pass catching. We haven't seen Sony be used as a pass catcher at all in the NFL. In fact, New England never used him as a pass catcher uh, remarkably. I I don't know why. Um, And so to say that there's some clear advantage, I don't know that there is uh, between the two. I will say as a overall running back and as a pass blocker, absolutely. That's what keeps you on the field. I think what McVeigh said immediately after, and we know how coach speak works. We've talked about this at length, but immediately after McVeigh said, look, Henderson's still going to have a very large role in this offense. He's still going to be a big part of this offense. And we just wanted somebody, you know, their GM came out and said, it's going to be a complimentary role. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm still okay, especially with the dip that's going to be happening now with Henderson's ADP and investing in somebody in this backfield, because this is a backfield that we've seen produce two back to back RB ones and Todd Gurley in 2017 and 2018, um, this style of offense. So I definitely want to get one of them, but at, to the, you know, to your guys' point, like, pass catching has been an, an, an issue so one one went to one went to running back university and the other one went to the community college down the street that's i wouldn't compare the pass catching from from sony and the pass catching. no production okay no no All because right. okay right. who hold on who was henderson okay. who was henderson no ask answer me this then who was henderson competing with in college for touches tony pollard 
Okay, Tony Pollard. So he's oh, phenomenal running back, right? He's a really who, good running back. Who, okay, he's who was really Sony? Hold on, who was Sony? Com- who was Sony uh, competing with touches with when he got all that production? I'll give oh. you one. Nick Chubb was yeah. on that team. The sure. other one, Melvin Gordon, was on that team. So, and he was still able. Melvin to Gordon that. didn't go to Georgia. Todd Gurley. So you mean he didn't go to. Melvin Gordon no. went to no Melvin Wisconsin. To Wisconsin, yeah. Sorry, yeah. What what am I talking about? Not Melvin Gordon, I don't but know. um uh it was it was Nick Chubb and oh I'm on the clock. Um oh, I wanna help you I wanna help you make this point. I get what you're saying. The the universities are better. And look, Henderson, Sony Michelle is a better prospect than Henderson. Don't get me wrong. You're exactly right. Like he was drafted ahead of him. But to pretend that he's coming in to be some always are uh, an often not injured player that's going to somehow be this pass catching specialist when we've seen neither. We haven't seen him stay healthy and we haven't seen him catch balls in the NFL. So that's what I'm saying. I think that both are, I, I agree with you. I think both are worth investment. I, that's, that's all I'm saying. I just love where the Sony Michelle price is going right now. It is exactly. Crazy he's definitely cheap. the cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Just like Gus Edwards. Like we haven't caught up to the JK Dobbins news. He's, right. he's going to be skyrocketing up. And that, I'm, I'm so excited to see what Gus Edwards can really do. Mr. 5.0 yards per carry. See what he's going to get with some more volume coming up. Um, but we're coming now. We're in the last round. Giants made his last selection. Oh. Travis is coming up here in just a few picks. Um, Whisper nation. Thank second you for hanging round. along. Oh, second to last round. Excuse me. Um, 15. Yeah, we got to refresh. Look, yeah. Well, if you just scroll down, there'll yeah, be yeah, another one. I'm all the way down. We added the extra one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll be getting through uh, the, our last round here and then 16 to follow. That'll be the final round. Um, we are going to be going to our behind the scenes section yeah. of the episode where we will be answering all the rest of the questions that we have. Um, and Johnny, um, are we doing draft grades? No, no draft grades because it's going to be it's going to be done. Yeah, it's best ball. It'll it'll work its way out. Itself. The season we'll will out. grade these drafts itself, and the winner of the best ball here will have a spot in the 2022 TFW Whisper League. We'll have that next year. Jay Blizzy in our number two spot won it last year. Got 14 people who think they're going to be winning it this year. I guess 16 because we got. Johnny and Travis running a team, and Chelsea and I running a team. So we've got 16 for that one. But that will decide itself this best ball who did the best. But we will be going then to the behind the scenes episode after this, getting to everybody's questions, making sure we've got them all answered, getting you ready for um, this last week before the NFL season starts. Dude, I, this is. Oh, I auto picked Bateman. No. I know you love him. Like, oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's better than Devontae Parker auto picking. <laughs> that's that might be true. Um, no, it's definitely ooh. true. I'll tell you, I'd rather have Bateman right now than Parker, dude. Parker's been doing absolutely nothing during training camp. And out. Yeah, but I mean Bateman's hurt six to eight weeks. <laughs> so uh, Parker probably will be <laughs> by that time. Yeah, best ball, I, it's fine for best ball. Cause if he could get going late, you know, those rookies that come on late, you know, and later in the year that this could definitely be a best ball. Pick. That's one of the pieces. I wanted to bring up one of the questions that was brought. I got to scroll up. we got a handful of picks to get back to, but somebody uh, was talking about not draft or curious, Mr. Miyagi. He says pro tip for the chat. There's going to be a lot of decent players drop week one happens. Air time. People always Love overreact. We yep. not won. in this league. Yeah, not, not in best ball. Not in this one. Not in best <laughs> ball. But for redraft situations, yeah. it's a good point. I mean, 
I dropped Daryl Henderson after week one in our league of record last year. It sucked. And then he just went off, but it was like, Oh, Malcolm Brown's involved. Cam Akers is the dude. I forgot and, about uh, that, Austin. And your your yeah. onslaught on Henderson after that, you just definitely were like, "Oh, I, you wanted to justify that that uh, drop so bad for a while after that." I did justify the drop. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And, uh, yeah, I but... had my my classic drop of my my career was dropping uh, Josh Gordon the year that he uh, you know started off the the league year suspended and then uh, my arch rival nemesis picked him up and rode him to the championship and now I get to hear about how he won a championship for the rest and if of I his may, day. Johnny, I gotta fill in your arch nemesis and your story for two years ago, if I may, just because it's such a damn good story in our league of record where y'all some really tough breaks some really weird stuff happened you and him uh both great fantasy players were in the not in tournament didn't make the playoffs in that year and Mm -hmm. he was headed towards a a last place finish possibly you and i were actually playing each other and you were like you know what if alex beats him popvin and he's in that last game like i want to be the one to beat him and send him to the j-bone to have him get the j-bone which is our our taco championship, our taco trophy. So you went ahead and benched the players so you could play in the ultimate toilet bowl just yeah. with all the consequences on the line. Where Because we, you'd have to be dealing – you'd have to be the, 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 the draft beer wizard and get everybody everything and deal with all that and wear the jersey. And you're like, I'm not losing this game, but I want to make sure he is the one that wears it and loses and at my hands. And you pulled it off, man. That was crazy. That was like WWE stuff. I had it was uh, that it was a com a accumulation 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 of an entire frustrating season, and I just was just like you know what if this is gonna happen if I'm gonna get lost it's gonna happen, but yeah I wanted to it that was such a great feeling that that made that whole season worth it handing him that J bone because it not only that but he had made a vow to me he had made a vow to me that he would never ever get J boned ever. And I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to do it. So uh, I'll be the one to do it for you. So that, yeah, I'd end up. I'll be the one to do it for you. And I love that. And I love this draft, boys. We got through it Um, to Hungry Lions point. Oh, Oh, no draft grade. I know, but we've got the best ball league going all year. We'll be able to take a look at that as it moves forward. We'll be talking about that on the other side. So the draft grades will be coming. They're just going to take a few months. So just sit tight yeah, with us. Right, Be sure to yeah. like and subscribe so you can catch that coming your way. We're doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for the rest of our lives. So jump on <laughs> in and find out what happens. Uh, we'll be doing it down the road. I promise you that. But boys, anything to let Whisper Nation know before we go and start the behind the scenes part- portion of the episode? Yeah, so we have two more off-season shows. Wednesday and Friday we'll be going live. Make sure you're subscribed over on the YouTube channel so you get that. Uh, otherwise, you can catch it on all podcast platforms, so make sure you're following over there there as well. We will have five burning questions heading into week one for Wednesday's show, and then Austin and Johnny will be handling the news and nuggets, the last news and nuggets of the off-season, the hype train that is uh, preseason and uh, you know training camp talk and all that. And then obviously next week is football. Next Thursday night is football where the 
the Cowboys and the uh, the Buccaneers it's, will be facing off in Thursday night football. And then your boys right here, the three of us, will be previewing that game and the rest of the games via our YouTube channel and our podcast and Patreon. So make sure you're subscribed on all the platforms and you're hitting us up because we're about to kick it into that daily fantasy football grind uh, that, that comes with the fa- fantasy football regular season. So just wanted to give a shout out to the transition that TFW is going through right now from offseason to regular season. But stick with us and make sure you're subscribed and keep those notifications on that's how you won't miss any action at all boom well said johnny anything for the folks before we go stick around for the after the show part stick and like and subscribe that's johnny game time hicks that's big travi i'm austin sear see you on the other side peace peace right here so i just oh, re- I, I just realized my ring light is not on and that's why i it's like i'm looking at my screen and the refl- i'm like why is it so dark in my room like i knew it was like overcast outside but i was like there's no and then i'm like oh no wonder the the ring light is off so not a big well, i actually didn't notice much that's right uh, big Travi rarely looks at me on the screen anyway, so that's why he was like that. Yeah, I put I gotta, googly eyes. You want to you make camera. me listen? You want to make me listen and look at you? I got to do both of those things. Man, that's like tall yeah. task. I'm and gonna, draft. I'll have to talk to draft. my agent about that. That's, that's what we're going to need. That man. put the googly eyes. Just a little googly eyes. Yeah, eyes. Uh, I wish they did have like a little square right next to it though, because it's just it's you know. But anyways, that's what we do here. Um, Whisper Nation, you're joining the after hours section of the show behind the scenes. Great to have you with us. I uh, want to make sure we get to everybody here's question who's asked it in here. So Hungry Lion, who said, thanks, fellas. Man, thank you for all the great questions, contributing to the show. It's really freaking cool, man. It's awesome, awesome, awesome to have you come in on board. Um, almost just working the back way up here. Go ahead, Johnny. Three, three super chats today on today's episode. How yeah, cool is dude, that? Great questions, too, man. No, yeah, they're lucky that uh, Jade's sleeping uh, for work, or else they would have gotten some three Ric Flairs. That's what they would have gotten. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Um, so I do want to make sure that we do get to everybody's question here. Drop Demon after week one, first year, and he finished him. Ooh, that sucks. Ooh. Darius. Yeah, yeah. That one's pretty brutal. Sorry to hear that. Monty. Monty's my boy. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have picked him up from you in Dynasty a few years back when you offered me for him for your favorite boy, Josh Jacobs. I don't remember. You say that I offered you for Josh Jacobs, but I don't you remember do. that one bit. I don't. I do. It's probably in the I don't chat. remember ever like, liking him. No, you did. it was after year one because I was like, it's a severe downgrade for me because it was, it was the crux was Terry McLaurin and uh, Dave Montgomery on your side. No, you, were give, you wanted to give me Devontae Adams and – um david montgomery and i was the crux of the pieces was terry mclaurin and josh jacobs plus draft picks and i think yeah, it was I actually before you made the julio jones trade with travi because you were I, or was after that because then you got him from him there no it was and i was no like, i, I was made just, I, was, I made no because i got monty right i didn't have monty from the start i got monty right. a, from, a while from in jeremy yeah i got monty from i jeremy. traded monty to jeremy yeah, and then I got okay. I got Monty yeah. last summer for from Jeremy. So I don't know why I would, I don't know. I don't know why I would trade you Adams and because both those players are better than Josh. It was Jacobs after the rookie season. McLaurin. After the rookie yeah. season, I just have Josh to Jacobs say. was looking like a beast. Josh Jacobs was a first round selection across the board in redraft leagues after his rookie year. Like, 
We had a lot of great I know, comments. Obviously, the super chat and questions that came in, but maybe no comment better than MF Cowboy. Best ball draft? I've got the best balls in the league. Howdy, howdy. Because of his purchase for Manscaped. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll have to get him on the Manscaped. Got that what promo. a transition TFW We got to get back TFW on the man. Go ahead TFW and pick man. up your... Um, go ahead and pick up your... Manscaped cleared for takeoff. We That's did a right. free promotion on that one. I love that. Travis <laughs> could barely look over that. The old, the yeah, whole it's like this. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of like that. We got some other questions here. I want to make sure that we did get to everyone. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so if you guys see any, let us know. That we're missing. Just working my way through these. <laughs> Mr. Biagi, <laughs> way to bring in the Manscaped. Yeah, we got the button <laughs> for it. We got the button for it. Oh, I, I saw this one earlier. If I, if you don't mind, I want to flash this one up. Josh A says, keep trade cut. Daryl Henderson, good. Gus Edwards, Josh Jacobs. Uh, Johnny, you want to start this one off then, Austin? Then I'll, I can weigh in. Uh, I'm keeping Gus Bus. I'm trading Josh Jacobs. And I'm cutting Daryl Henderson. That would be my my three. I am sitting with you, Johnny. I'm there. I agree. I could shift between who I would I would trade Gus or Josh whoever gave me more hype at this point. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. But I would be I'd be cutting Daryl Henderson. He just has the lowest floor for me. Like there's a world where he is spelling Sony Michelle. I don't think that happens. But there's a world in a where world where yeah, Daryl Henderson's definitely injuries continue and his fingers probably falls the most off. He's probably the most boomer bust out of these guys. Maybe Jacobs has a little more upside, but I think Henderson may have the most upside. Definitely the lowest floor, though, as Austin said. That's, like, yeah, for that's, sure. That's the thing. Jacobs just got that nice floor. And Gus is – I mean, we who did Mr. Miyagi say don't trust Gus? I think Mr. Miyagi came in here. Yeah, he said don't don't trust Gus. And I get it. I've been a huge Gus Bus fan. I just – I mean, I love so many things about it. But when he started to get more work last year, it was the first time I at least ever seen Gus not be able to keep surmounting that 5.0 yards per carry. He looked a little bit more like he didn't even look like a Superman running back at that point. So I'm not surprised if he ends up becoming a little bit more of just like just a jag. Um, yeah. I'm also not surprised if he like is legit. If he's, I want him to be super legit, and I think he's going to be one of the more interesting storylines to watch this year because he's finally getting that opportunity to be a like a big dog. Um, We'll see if we can take advantage of it. MF Cowboy, would you take Julio Jones, Brandon Ayuk, and Hyde, and then give up Diggs and Russell Gage in a 14-team PPR redraft? No. Hyde is going to Hyde is going to get used more than people think he's going to get used. That's the that's the problem. Basing uh, that off of preseason and what the and what the offensive coordinator has done throughout his entire history uh as a coordinator coordinator, we have the relationship with urban meyer from ohio state we have carlos hyde just never really giving up relevancy we saw it last year with seattle he always just seems to stick around um i think there's a few things working in the favor of Hyde being used but so then you with that said johnny you still don't like this deal of getting julio jones Ayuk, and hyde and you give up gage and Diggs. i think you've been on the fence saying that OZ was the guy in, in Atlanta to be the secondary piece to Calvin Ridley. Um, but you're still not a, a comfortable with giving up Diggs here. No, because uh, Diggs is the best player in the entire deal. And I don't want to give up. And it's, and it's not even close to me. Like they're like Julia, the next, the next best guy on here is probably Ayuk. I, I, yeah, honestly. Yeah. And it's like, I, in full disclosure, yeah. you are like off the Julio Jones wagon. You're not, Julio Jones uh, is not cost a, a, right now. It's at just, cost it's is terrible. 
Yeah, it just and and again, when you're dealing with a player, like I said, I always don't look for injuries or injuries will find you, especially with what we've seen with it's not like it's not like who this is the first time Julio's dealt with some in like when when Julio deals with injuries, it's like he's out for multiple games. You don't know when to play him. When he comes back, he injuries, he has yeah. over the last couple of years. That's true. Yeah. He's missed nine games over the last two seasons, and eight of those were last year, but uh, has consistently played through injury. He reminds me like of Chris Carson of the wide receiver position. I know he's, where, he's like always dinged up. He's always on the report, yeah, but, he but he actually misses it. less games than you think. It's not more yeah. than like a few a year, but last year obviously the, was very significant. The bigger the bigger question mark for Julio is why are we still drafting Julio at ADP of last year when he's not with Matt Ryan? He's not the number one option on his team. He's not part of a pass-happy offense anymore. Could be pass-happy. We want it to be pass-happy, but why are we we still drafting him where we were probably going to discount him and draft him this year. Um, just, you know, I just think he's, he, there's just not enough there. There's too many questions to draft him at ADP there. And then check this out uh, for, I just want to mention this for now. This isn't including week three, but with week three, it's even added. But Jaguars first team running back snaps with Trevor Lawrence through weeks one and two of the preseason. Out of 38 plays, James Robinson, 16, Carlos Hyde, 14, Travis Etienne had eight. Like there, it's, it's this is what they do over there. I'm telling you guys, it's like it's like you're reading a cheating manual, like you know how to play fantasy football from a offensive coordinator's perspective, because like they just do the same things over and over again. That's a great point, and one of the things that separates the TFW draft kit from the other ones. Like it's it's a legitimate point here. Johnny did a phenomenal yeah. job of pulling in the last three years worth of trends and uh, placement that the offensive coordinators have. Here's how they break down their running back backfields, right? Here's how they break down the different positions to try to give you an insight of what's going to happen in Jacksonville. Are they, how much work are they going to get the lead back behind the spell back? Right, Johnny? Yeah. So that all is what goes into the, uh, the projections. That's how I come up with projections is it's all based on history of the past offensive coordinators. Um, and, and that's how you, you see what's going to happen. That's how you can project these because the biggest thing you find out is that these guys are, they, they stick with what they know and they all are in as That's why you read the articles on how like the NFL coaching isn't super diverse because they all just hire within and guess what? They're all teaching each other the same stuff. And they're like, uh, you're not going to end up changing something when you know that it, it's worked for somebody else. And that's how you taught it. And so that's what you end up seeing is work you, for yourself. Sorry. This is what you've done and why you've kept getting jobs, why your name right. has been praised and things. And if it ain't broke, don't break it. And maybe it could be better, but are you going to do with what you think is best? Are you going to do with what has worked and you know it works and you're familiar with it and you feel good about it? And hey, it's a coin toss at the end of the day anyways, you're saying. Yeah. Feeling good about it is, a, is, is what we're going to try and do with your lineup decisions each and every week. So mm -hmm. part of what goes into the draft kit and part of what really goes into our matchup show each and every week will mm -hmm. be this start-sit situation. MF Cowboy asking, okay, so do you all do a week-by-week -week start and sit? Right. We will have a start and sit column every week on the website, so an article, so you can physically read that. A uh, team of writers here at TFW will be doing that. And then our matchup show, man, both shows, part one and part two, are essentially a start-sit show. We go through the stats. We tell you who you should be concerned about, who you should be uh, excited about each and every week. And then, of course, uh, we do our start-sit show or our lineup decision show every Sunday morning. So gear up for that. We're really excited uh, for that. Guys, I'm... <laughs> 
pumped for this matchup show. This is going to be yeah. Yeah, like we we started to fine tune the process last year. I'm just really excited to get into it again this year. It's it's a beast of a show, but so much fun to take the lid off and look into each team's uh, outlook each and every week. And so for, if you guys are listening right now to the behind the scenes section of the episode right now, that I cannot agree with Travis anymore. You know, we sit down each individually and spend, you know, anywhere from like three to eight hours doing deep dives into next gen statistics, um, common box scores, rewatching film, um, really pulling out the impactful bits of data and narrative that we witness week in and week out and compare those then to uh, historical metrics, um, the rest of the league and whatnot to help give those decisions. It's, it's really about doing that work and putting together the impactful narratives based on our decade plus of experience and then conveying that to you in a, you know, we take a three hour research session and condense that into 30 seconds of what it is. So then you don't have to do that. You just got to like subscribe and tune on in. And that's the service mm-hmm. that we're happy to provide. Johnny thoughts on AJ green, Miko Hardman and Emmanuel Sanders as sleepers. I know we talked a little bit about AJ green, but what about Miko Hardman and Emmanuel Sanders? I really like Miguel Hardman. I think his upside is, uh, especially if you're a fan of, you know, wanting to have some a piece of this Kansas City offense. Uh, he's like one of the cheapest pieces you can grab, and he has a tremendous amount of upside because he's, you know, he can he can hit the home run. Like like to me, it's I rather have Hardman than Rugs. You know, like they're like the same type of player to me, right? Like you're drafting them for that upside breakout potential. You know, like when you're weak kind of player, I think Miko Hardman gives you that at a little bit more consistent rate uh, on a much pa- happier pass happier offense. Um, and so I do really like Miko Hardman. Uh, the last name, sorry, was the last name on there, Travis? Because I, I wanted Sanders. To, Emmanuel Sanders. So it's a good point. I've been struggling a little bit with ranking these guys as far as pass catching because Stefan Diggs is supposed to get a massive amount of the target share there. The difference is, is last year he got that massive amount of target uh, differential because there wasn't really, I mean, they had Cole Beasley. You started to see Corey, uh, Gabe Davis emerge at the end of the year. Now with them, with Gabe Davis actually having a really good preseason and really like I'm really more so interested in Gabe Davis over Cole Beasley and over Emmanuel Sa- Sanders mm-hmm. just once again because he has that bigger play um, and and I do think that Josh Allen is really developing he's not just locking in on one player anymore he's really going through his progressions you really see that and so I do have some that's my that is my one big caveat and concern with Stefan Diggs this year is, is he going to truly get the same amount of target market share that he got last year? And I just don't know if I see it with all those weapons. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, obviously. Game I mean, the one thing he's up, got but... going is that Allen completely fell in love with Diggs. Like, he, right. he obviously loved that guy for the, yeah. the talent that he had. Superstar Titus, it was good to see him back. He said, I am really digging Austin's team. Big Travi killing it, too. Austin, I wanted to ask you if you had, like, a favorite pick of your of your squad just really quickly of the of the one you were able to put together best thanks ball for the life. question honestly man my the the there's the leaning towards the upsides picks on this one so like i like my paris campbell in 15-1 i don't think he's going to perform all well all season but he's got the type of play style where he could have you know 120 yards and two touchdowns that game because he had yeah. two catches he took for 40 yards you know you what I mean? See, yeah, you love to see Wentz getting back-to-back practices in and looking like he's going to actually come back at that week one, um, you know, barring any setbacks. So, yeah, that's a huge 
That's Williams, a huge upside pick there. Like, oh, Will, love the Mike Williams pick. Yeah. Mike Williams, same kind of situation. Johnny talked about a rug, talking about a Mecole. Williams is not the same burner type, but the same type of ceiling from a number standpoint you're looking at because he can catch those bombs. Um, he should be a touchdown target. It's just about health, but that's why I don't know. He's like my fourth receiver or something like that. Um, comes down. And then Tunyon. Actually, I love my pick with Tunyon at the tight end spot because he he could get three touchdowns multiple games because of his rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Lazard is the number two behind Devontae Adams. So, like, there's just a lot of opportunity to catch tutties. And Tunyon's shown that. I like that. So, so those are some of the picks, I think, some of the later dart throws I was happy to put on my team. Johnny, we were talking about Swift and the injury prone earlier, and I was mm-hmm. I, I have been scared about the groin, but I wanted to bring up Mr. Miyagi here. It looks David Montgomery had a groin last year, and I got him for $6, and I had to be reminded of this. Good thing on Mr. Miyagi. Like, yeah. Montgomery had the groin coming into last year. Remember, he slipped and fell or something and kind of pulled the groin, and we were, like, kind of really concerned, and he ended up doing what he did last year. So uh, I think, you know, Hitting into the beat reporters and actually, you know, what you said was was really important here. To and then I I did learn on that. Uh, I did look up this piece and it said uh, that it's a study they did. They had thirty four players in the study and they had found that the average player missed one point five games. Four players returned to the competition in the uh, sub sub subsequent subsequent season if i can get that uh, word out there uh, but at the said all players with concussion return to competition in the index season or next season and they are able to return uh to uh the prior their prior uh performance and evaluation so um again i don't think i don't think DeAndre Swift is concussion prone or anything like that because he had one concussion. I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about how impactful these concussions can be. And hey, if it was just a misspeak by Adrian Peterson and he's more in your typical concussion personnel, great. But what I'm concerned about is Sidney Crosby. I'm concerned about a guy getting a concussion and being out for six months. Like there are guys that end up having that happen. They have different types of reactions. And again, I hope you're right because his playmaking is amazing and I would love to see what he can do. I mean, for when was that study, Johnny? Oh, I just uh, I, I exited out. I can send it to you, though. Okay. How do we feel about A.J. Brown's injury? Um, obviously, A.J. Brown had procedures on his knee done, and he was looking like unguardable in camp, and then all of a sudden the knee issue flared. There's a knee issue that flared up. Um, he's been questionable so far. I do believe everything that they've said out of in Tennessee is he'll be ready for week one and starting. Um, do we have any concern, guys, about the A.J. Brown injury? Are we still, you know, and Johnny, I know your stance is to not go looking for injury, um, but is this more of a maintenance thing for A.J. Brown as they get him ready, or, or are you concerned? Uh, I've been monitoring this. It is a little bit, of course, like I was a little concerned when, cause I don't like it, uh, that he's like not at practice or that, you know, he was getting some kind of, uh, you know, not something with the knee. Uh, but the nice thing was, as he returned to practice, they were showing some footage of him cutting. Uh, he actually didn't wear the leg sleeve, which is promising as well. So again, uh, definitely keep this thing monitored. One nice thing I will say with AJ Brown is that this dude balled out with a high ankle sprain last year, and he was still like a borderline wide receiver one. Um, so that is something that's going like, he can play through a lot of pain there too. we talked about with Julio and, and all that, but um, yeah, it's definitely something to monitor as you get closer and closer to the season. But as of right now, I'm not really worried about it. Uh, I think it's one of those right. things, like, like we, we mentioned before too, of everybody's hurt. 
right? Like, mm-hmm. you just know he's hurt right now. But spoiler alert, your favorite guy who seems healthy is probably hurt. Like, yeah. he's not 100%. Yeah. They, play a, they play a very physical game, and they're going to be banged up all year. And they this is something yeah. A.J. Brown played through last year. I mean, this was a knee thing that kept coming back and forth. That's why he got the um, – the uh the the procedure is done um but i think that's a situation that's uh you know worth saying definitely austin everybody's hurt that's a that's a great comment to make here uh bgwu thoughts on gibson and lack of passing game i heard he might be get a mccaffrey role um yeah i mean that's the thing last year he got a lack of passing game i can't stress this enough we've talked about on the show a million times but he got that lack of passing game in our estimation because they were trying to get him good at running the football having good vision pass blocking correctly and this is a guy in college that only had 33 career carries. Um, he was a converted wide receiver. So they wanted to get him ready to run the football. They knew he could ca- catch the ball, but they used McKissick in a pass catching role so that Gibson could focus on running the football. He's got that down now. He scored 11 touchdowns last year. It's a great number as a rookie. Um, and now he's going to get a role that they're saying, you know, Scott Turner, uh, Ron Rivera are all saying should be a CMC like role. And those guys coach CMC. So I love Gibson. I think there's pure upside in that guy. He just needs to get the passing down work from my perspective. Like he's so good. He's so fast. And you talk about his converted wide receiver nature. He just needs to get that work. And if we saw a couple highlights of that, we definitely did. And I think it was the second preseason game. Uh, He got three or uh, three or four targets in that first drive. It was very encouraging to see that Mm -hmm. they wanted to use him with Fitzpatrick, with McLaurin and uh, with. Is J.D. McKissick still a factor? I mean, I think he could be definitely he's going to spell him, but I, I think we have to, you know, we're definitely it's definitely a faith. It's a leap of faith thing that we're going with here, but everything makes sense. And and sometimes you don't want to assume ra- uh, rational coaching, but I think in this case, we actually can. We can assume yeah. that they did the things they said they were going to do. We can assume that they last year were comparing Gibson to CMC and they gave uh, they gave him a reverse role like CMC got more receiving work than he did rushing work in his first year. But they give Gibson kind of the reverse of that and said, no, be, be a runner. And then this year they're saying he's going to get that CMC role. This is our guy. I don't see why they would go away from that, uh, especially a guy who was such a playmaker scoring 11 touchdowns last year. Same head coach. Yep, that's right. Do a 420. Hi, guys. Half PPR, Dynasty, Gage or Callaway? Thank you. Give me Callaway, baby. Callaway's got the chance of being a number yeah, one. There's just so yeah. much going for Callaway right now. He's so sexy to kind of invest Dude. in right now. Just some, I mean, and then you got you got your boy Winston coming out there. I love ESPN stat. More deep balls thrown la- uh, in that game by Jameis than any other QB last year for the Saints. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the problem. I'm telling you, I watched I I watched tape on on this offense last year, and bro, T T. It was like it was bro. It was like uh back you were playing back in high school. You know, like you would get a quarterback. You'd be like, this dude, like he can't throw more than ten yards. Like let's scoot up to the line of scrimmage. You know, like or when you're in kickball and you're like. Hey, this person sucks at K. Like, scoot up. Like, it's not going over your head. And that's what was that was what was happening with the Saints last year. That's and there's yeah. And so that's why, like, they had no teams were they knew that, that Drew Brees couldn't go deep. And so, like, they were just creeping up their safeties, creeping up their safeties. And dude, Winston will do the opposite. He'll he's like, I'll I'll air it out. I'll to the moon. He's like, Callaway, just run, just run care, to the man. moon. I'll like, I haven't thrown the interceptions in a season before. I'll do it again. Uh, you won't. You won't. Uh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Do you want wide receiver two Julio Jones or Deontay and redraft 14-team half-point PPR? I think we know the answer to this. Deontay. 
Deontay. Deontay. Well, did you see what Big Ben came out and said? You see the quote by Big Ben? He said uh, he was like – times or PP times, but not all No, people. he didn't. <laughs> no, he did not say that. Uh, he said that, that – would have been a better said, quote than what I'm sure he said here. He said that uh, – no, actually, it isn't a better quote because he came out in court and said that Deontay – has uh he said he's been getting himself in shape over the off season and he stopped eating butterfingers and since then he has caught everything he's gone his way and he said that <laughs> Deontay will be a top twelve wide receiver this year. That's what for fantasy football. That's what he said. Was that what he said? Look it up. Yes, look it up. Go look it up. He quoted it. Ben, it's on Ben has also said some really dramatic and weird things over the past. So right. I'll take that with hey, a grain of salt. I love you know, Deontay at ADP. I think he's you a great. You can come on over. You can drop I, your Jamar Chase. I would be, here's what I would be investing more in, in the wide Chase receivers. Claypool. Yeah, no, I, no, I'm not dropping Chase Claypool. I think Claypool and Deontay have room to feast in an offense that's been top five in passing attempts pretty much whenever Ben's healthy. So mm-hmm. they can say all they want that they want to run the football. They were the lead league in pass attempts last year. So even if they run a little bit more, they're still going to be a pass-heavy team. And I still think with all that talent at wide receiver, you want to invest in the wide receivers. So, um, yeah, I don't mind Deontay. I've come around on Deontay. I thought it was a... You know, Deontay versus Chase Claypool thing. When the when asked that question, Deontay versus Chase Claypool, the answer is yes. Draft them both. Yeah. Yeah. The answer like is I'm not even hate Juju either. That's I, that's the thing. Juju's ADP right now. We were talking about it with Sony Michelle, how cheap it is. I mean, Juju's ADP is just astronomically low for a guy that still was a touchdown threat for them last year. So why Average depth of target was low, his career low. You get that. But if Ben's arm is a little bit better post surgery, his paycheck uh, which, low. Yeah, yeah, took a pay pay cut definitely for sure. Then he could have stay uh, to pass on the Chiefs. Stay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Passed on the Chiefs. Hey, the hey, hey you won't. You won't. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Michael wants to know. He said he got CMC his first pick in ten team PPR and Chuba and KCMC gets hers. My last six bench spots was the smart. Should go and grab a different guy. No, that was smart. Did you yeah, guys see? Oh, I'll tell you, uh, Austin. I know that we talked about it on Friday. How I was like, "Well, there's could be that potential that you know they don't check down to CMC." No, that that was wrong. That was. Did you see how much Sam Darnold? By the way, Sam Darnold looked great. He looked he looked really good in that preseason game. Uh, and he was just mad checking down to 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 uh, Chuba Hubbard, excuse me, in that game. Like which, you were doing the Chachia. Yeah, Chia, I should have. It would have been more smooth. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely think that uh, CMC is going to get a lot of work. Yeah, and Chuba has broken out. He, I know, if CMC went down, the clear cut handcuff is not yet determined. But if I had to put a bet on it, I'm I'm going I'm going over. Yeah, I would yeah. too. I think this year's a little bit more of a there's a little bit more talent in Chuba Hubbard than we saw in Reggie Bonifin when we were doing the same thing last year when we were like, oh, it's it's going to be Reggie Bonifin that CMC's backup. And then it was Mike Davis uh, yeah. and people were like, oh, crap. Um, so I, that's that, I think Chuba Hubbard is actually. Yeah, I would put my hat in that ring, but we were doing the same thing last year. So if somebody else pops up, don't be completely mad at us. And Michael Jennings, I did the exact same thing in the TFW listeners league here. I took. CMC in the first round, and I took Hubbard somewhere down at the bottom. So yeah. I'm with you. We we roll on this one together. Which fantasy football platform is your least favorite, guys? Ooh. 
My least favorite. I don't want to come. I don't want to come for this, but I do. I'll just do it anyways. I don't like Yahoo. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to Liz oh, Lowe's. Really? I'm sorry to Matt Harmon. Really? I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not a fan of Yahoo. Oh, I'm not. I mine would be ESPN. I cannot stand ESPN. It bugs me. I think that they're. It was funny. Uh, I saw a tweet. A, a tweet today that said, "If ESPN platform or a kudos to ESPN platform for never evolving their fantasy football app." despite everyone else wanting them to, or all the other platforms continue to evolve it, they stay the same. Kudos to them. Yeah. ESPN is the absolute worst. <laughs> I don't know the last time I did an ESPN one. It's been at least seven years. I thought, I think ESPN's fine. I think ESPN and NFL are fine. I think sleepers still my favorite um, as far as user interface and, and less clunky and, and just all the I, things you can do. I like having the deck of, all of your leagues together. And that's definitely the most leagues I have are in sleeper. So that's definitely something that wins it for me. But yeah, least favorite, I think for me is Yahoo. I just think it's it, wild. It, looks, it just looks like more like MySpace compared to like the, the yeah, it looks like a MySpace platform. It's just like, it's very, because it makes you pick old. your top eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? Like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't know. I, that's the vibes I get. It's just like, it the interface. it's like when you used to go and code your MySpace page, you know, to like make it look cool. That's what I feel like I'm doing when I'm, are you just talking here. about like, the draft board or are you talking I'm about talking about all of it? Dude? I'm talking I, about the I, desktop I version. I think Yahoo's the second. Best. I like the ability that when someone looks at my team, when they go from their page to look at my team, they can hear Hollywood and dead playing while they're watching, while they're <laughs> yeah, looking at right? my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's changed to like black and green font and it's like highlighted yeah no that's exactly. oh that was dude that was like always the you know you come to school the next morning yo why did why did you change your your uh music on the back like, what, is that, what, what does yeah, that mean what does that mean eight, dude? dude i used to get yeah or like when, yeah when people would just be like why did you change your song to this song you're like i just like this song it was a good song, so I put on my my background of my MySpace. Yeah, bro. what does it mean? Are you are you? <laughs> yeah, what does it mean? I'm like, what? <laughs> doesn't mean anything. It means I like the song. I'm like 12 years old. What is it supposed to mean? Jim, looking through the rest of these comments here, Pete. I was I was I caught this earlier. Austin gonna have an empty spot at quarterback for two weeks. I only got two quarterbacks. It sucked. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Needed three. It was tough with this. Uh... This best ball format, people were snagging them right when you wanted to, yeah. too. That was just the 30 seconds, too. It got me a little bit. Just, Dude, just that, 30, that was the that 30 seconds one got me shook a couple times. Yeah. Remember, Johnny, just a little peek behind the curtains. Johnny was so adamant about switching to 30 seconds for this week, and it bit him twice with the auto pick. No, three times. Three times. He mentioned it twice. Yeah. I saw him on a the, third. Luckily, the third time, or the first, well, the first time I got lucky because it was Dalvin, and it was like, okay, it was end up being okay. But the second time it happened, yeah, it was Dallas Goddard, and then there was a third time near the end, so it didn't matter as much. But There's a lot of cats name in here, Mister Meowskers. I like love that. that. Oh, love the felines. Uh, like CD that. Cup Edmonds for Eckler, who wins full PPR redraft. Johnny and Austin, this is a great point about the best player on one side of the trade being traded, but this is, could be that example. Yeah. This could be that example of actually, I might take the left side, the three here because you, you can replace Edmonds or you can replace Eckler a little bit with Edmonds. If your wide receivers are weak, then you've got Cooper cup who we love right now. And then also CD lamb, who's just an absolute stud. So I actually, yeah, to Austin's point, it could be CD that ends up being the best player in this deal. Oh, that's a, kudos though that's a fairly even trade like if i've seen one like kudos like eckler for cd cup and edmonds that's pretty even trade 
But yeah, I mean, it again, would depend on rosters. But yeah, I think right. You're trying to make up the. the I'm taking the left side too, just because if we, if yeah. Eckler, and I hope this doesn't happen, but if he plays at his floor and Edmonds plays at his ceiling, mm-hmm. those guys aren't too far apart. Oh yeah, and right. If exactly. CD Lamb takes a big jump, he's a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. So you well, might even, end up getting an even even running back, and, and then you cup get a at his ceiling and then cup. Stafford. Yeah. Cup at his ceiling with Stafford could be top seven, top eight. You know what I mean? So yeah. even even if uh, here's the thing, Austin. I think even if Eckler hits his ceiling, and which in my opinion is like top five, he ends up finishing top five this year in a PPR, yeah. and then Edmonds were to also you know be a solid like I have Edmonds finishing you know top 16 or like RB 16 RB 17 so even if that were to happen you're talking about and then the different that's not even that big of a difference and then again yeah like you said CD has the potential to be top 10 and Cooper Cup's been there before I have him just outside of my top 10 uh, and and I do think that he has a a big bounce back season so I really like this trade uh, if you end up getting that CD Cup and the only other question would be you know you're assuming this is going to be a a leg up because the players you're starting are going to be these guys are better than who you have on your roster but if yeah that's also a good point Monte Adams and Tyreek Hill you know, you're not going to be starting CD or Cup over those guys. That's so very good point. I'm glad you brought that up. That is a very good point. But assuming they're going to be better than the guys you currently got, I would go with. I'd take the three. All right. All right. I think that's it. I think we got to cover. Oh, here he just jumped back in. Uh, last one here, Mr. Oh, Miyagi. We got another cover. We'll get the cl- get your last questions in here. Yeah. What's the question here? Quarterbacks, Mr. Miyagi. Tannehill. What's the draft grade for this team? That's what he wants here. Oh, half point PPR on this squad. Always look at the starters. Ridley, Lamb, Allen Robinson, Deontay. Those are great. Your your wide receivers are stacked. Even T. Higgins and Ayuk, man. You got Eckler and Montgomery. Hunt, Swift. This is stacked. Trey Sermon back. Tunyon, Irv Smith. This is an A. Unless it's an (laughs) 18-er. You might want a better quarterback. yeah, like this is an A. We'd have to know. Like even ten team, I think, is is an A there because of the yeah. wide receiver running back depth. Like you waited on the positions you should wait on QB and tight end, um, mm-hmm. and you stacked up in your, in your so much ceilings. Uh, Pizza Belly says, "Hey guys, I have a twelve my twelve team full point PPR oops, <laughs> full point PPR draft this weekend. I'm at the seventh spot. I really want a top tight end. Would two hundred six be too high for Waller? You think he won't fall to me in the third? I'm sure. Well, I think you can attack this one of two ways. I don't think it's too high. I think I would take Waller here. Um, I think you could take him here, especially in a, a full point PPR. We've talked about the ability to want to secure those, but I also think if you were feeling risky, you could wait and go get Kittle too in the third. That might fall to you." Uh, in the third there and you could go a little a little different way i know that people are burned by kittle they want to say injury prone he seems to be fully healthy here he seems to be a guy no matter who the quarterback is that this offense is is fed through we know that the other guys are coming in and iuk and samuel should be healthy and that could cause a little bit of concern but i think that kittle's talent has proved to be a focal point of this offense as long as he's on the field so but i'd also say if you hate the 49ers and you love darren waller like we also say on this show Reach for, Reach for your, guy. your guy. That's what he said. Love so it. I don't hate it at two like that spot. It's in a full point too. Yeah. All right, boys. That's all we got today. If you right, like we'll and subscribe, see. if you're new, not drag like and updated. Please hit so. that thumbs up, guys. Pizza Belly, thanks, guys. Thank you. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks, boys, for all your help. Thanks for joining the show. It's a blast. Thanks for the contributions, the comments, the back and forth, man. It has absolutely been a blast. My name is Austin Sear. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks. There's Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Oh, hey. You made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw and you want to learn how to dominate your own draft and win your own league, head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and grab your copy of the Fantasy Whispers Draft Kit today. Or click the link in the description below. And if you're still not sold, check out one of these videos.